1: Welcome to the Go Big Redcast, the Husker Fan Sports Show, with Dave, Honky, Mac, and Boomer. Welcome to
2: the Go Big Redcast. I'm your host, David Gaspers, and I'm
1: with Honky. It's been a couple weeks since we last uh, got together and enjoying a nice Husker-approved Diet Pepsi. Ha ha ha!
0: I'm uh, also with Boomer. Well, I think if there's one positive that might salvage this uh, basketball season, it's that uh, hopefully a bad loss to Nebraska is going to keep Creighton out of the NCAA tournament.
2: <laughs> Ow. Um, <laughs> well, we don't have Mac again. Uh, I think he's uh, busy, but he probably wouldn't be down anyway because we're not going to be back in the top 25 any time this year. Uh, we have just suffered our... Uh, a Third home loss in a row, four overall, I believe. Is that right, guys? Mm-hmm. Uh, that now is three and seven after a setback uh, this Tuesday night versus the Badgers of Wisconsin. Uh, Huskers put up uh, a decent fight, especially in the early second half where we took the lead. Considering we were stuck at eight points in the first half for what it felt like an eternity, uh, that was impressive enough, but they couldn't uh, continue that and ended up still losing by. Uh, probably double digits, I suppose. Uh, Boomer uh, is is all is lost. I mean, we're three and seven in conference. We still have a a decent win-loss record, and the metrics still look good overall. Um, Not as good as they did a couple weeks ago after beating Indiana, for example. But it feels like all is lost,
0: right? Yeah, we kind of mentioned this after the Ohio State game. You know, kind of the mantra for the season has been, "Yeah, we look good early, but there's plenty of season to go." And we're getting to that point where there isn't plenty of season to go. We're what? Won two out of our last eight games, I think it is. You know, that it's is pretty correct. bad. We've lost six of our last you know. eight. And we There's keep hearing about how hard ago. it is to win in the Big Ten, and yeah, or excuse me, hard it is to win on the road in the Big Ten. And we've proven that at Rutgers, but then we've just dropped three at home. So it's you know apparently not impossible to come into PBA and win. So this team's got a lot of challenges, you know, going forward. There's really no margin for error left at this point. We've got what ten games left in conference. We're three and seven. You know, you figure you got to get to nineteen wins or so to have a real hopeful shot at making an NCAA tournament. So you're asking to yep. win, you know, six games out of those remaining ten, you know, several on the road against probably the lesser opponents like, you know, Illinois and Penn State. I hate to use lesser because they could easily lose to those teams. I mean, they played some decent ball lately. And then you've got some steep hills to climb with Michigan, Michigan State, Purdue twice. They're kind of turning things around lately. And Maryland, Maryland coming up, back up. and Minnesota again, who we, you know, didn't play well against the first time. And I
2: mean, I'll, yeah. I'll, I mean, I – that's how I feel. like a, Because I feel like beginning of the year, or even just a couple of weeks ago, we could have broke down that schedule and found a lot of wins, but the offense has just been atrocious the last month. Uh, and again tonight, we are shooting the ball so horribly. Uh, Glenn Watson and, and James Palmer one of 11 from three, I think four of 20 as a team. You just cannot expect to win games when you're hitting that percentage from behind the arc. And, you know, with Copeland out, which that's the the big deal, really. I mean, it's a dynamic change to the offense and defense of this team when Isaac Copeland is no longer available because of his, his knee injury that occurred uh, early in the second half of the Ohio State game it's hard to figure out where the pieces come from, where we're going to have uh, enough offensive firepower to win six of the next 10 games or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a, it's a different situation here in the sense that with Copeland gone and honky, we watched the game pretty closely there second half when they were playing at their best, Roby actually really took a more aggressive stance and was kind of they were running the offense through him and that looked very positive. Then he goes and gets two ticky-tack fouls and they have to take him out of the game and uh, it, we just don't have enough firepower there with now Borchert and, and bringing in guys like Thor to to make up for the loss of Isaac.
1: Yeah, I mean, as you look forward in the, the rest of the season, I'm not sure how much it matters so much who we play right now, but just how we're playing. Because it really doesn't matter if we're going to continue to have these struggles. We can lose any one of these 10 games um, that we're going to still have on the schedule. Shooting has been you know, just atrocious here the last three or four games for sure
2: at hockey even things like free throw shooting which this team was very good at the beginning of the year james palmer's hitting 84 percent, and now it's just like brick city i don't get it
1: yeah I, I think they said tonight that there was 12 missed layups and it certainly looked like it that's kind of stuff that you know that you can't coach that i mean you're just we're just missing shots and i don't even want to give that much credit to the defense Always. So he's like We heard so much about how great Wisconsin was defensively, but, again, we missed a lot of close and easy shots that were falling earlier in the year. The fouls that Roby gets into, and I've had this conversation with multiple people about how he plays out of position as a five, and that might be true, but he gets two or three fouls a game that have nothing to do with playing the five. It's just him, it's bad fouls that are out on top of the key or hand-checking and and just things that he shouldn't be doing, and that, that part's not getting any better. Uh, Watson tonight was probably one of the sloppier games I've seen of him, let alone the bad shooting, but he had two or three, you know, turnovers where he kind of dribbled it off his foot. I mean, we just, we just can't get out of our own way sometimes. And so that part's not getting any better. The the strange thing is, is that aside from all that negativity at the beginning of today, prior to this Wisconsin loss, we were still a number nine seed in bracket matrix. So there still is a. There is a route to the, the postseason, but this yes. team, it doesn't even matter who we're playing coming up. This team has to get it turned around, and I'm being as scarlet-colored glasses as you can possibly be as a fan right now, but taking the Copeland injury, you know, if you're trying to put it into a, a pods of light was that we weren't playing that great prior to him getting injured anyways, and if he's out, maybe it forces other guys in and, and creates different roles if Roby has to play a different style because of it, you know, just... It's a weird... dynamic dynamics it's a spark. somehow, right? Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like when, when Biggs was kicked off the team back in 2014, and that team didn't yeah. have any depth. And it was like, well, geez, we were already struggling, and now we lose Biggs. We're going to go down the tubes. And all of a sudden, the team just caught a spark. They played differently and won a bunch of games. The problem is I'm just not seeing that spark. Yeah, I mean,
2: I think we saw we saw a different team today. I, I felt like the hustle and the intensity was there a little bit, and I think that's what uh, Borchert and and Thor and others can can bring that we need desperately. Is it going to be enough though? I mean, I, as as Boomer mentioned, you know, I'm not too enamored by oh, we need to get to 19 wins or something like that. But if he's right, if we could somehow get to 19 wins, that means we picked up six more wins in the Big 10 and that that means we got some quality wins there. That would get us in just because of the the quality and depth of the conference. Mm-hmm. And so uh yeah, if, if, if we can
1: pull that off, but I just don't know where those are going to come from right now. Not right? the way this, not the way they're playing now. Yeah. Now having exactly said right. that, what did we see tonight that maybe is a little different, you know, post Copeland. Obviously Borkard gets to start. We were getting some offensive rebounds out there. That's a positive. Best um,
2: rebounding game in months. It felt like.
1: Yeah, Thor got out there and, and, and gave some quality minutes and, and hustle. We're gonna need a guy or two like that that are, have to step up and, and give us some more, some more time. Now that that we're even that much, much thinner, but uh, also you know a guy like Nana. Really, at some point, we need point production off the bench, and Nana. We're not getting anything off the bench, and that's what's
0: just killing this team. I mean, what did they get three points tonight? I mean, it's and just Wisconsin got like thirteen off the bench. I mean, you know, there's no depth on this team to start, especially losing Copeland, and then you get you know Roby in foul trouble and when he has to sit. Somebody else has to be able to fill those spots and just produce something. And they just struggle so much to do that. And I think that's going to be the real challenge going forward in this. Is just You know these six. You know these ten games. We're hoping for those six wins somewhere, and it's going to be a lot of pressure on just a very limited roster to produce offense, like you said, Dave. And I'm not sure where that's going to come from.
2: I mean, the the weird thing was, you know, two months ago, we had offense just coming out of our pores. It was amazing. Like, I mean, you would have 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 Nana come off the bench and hit threes, or you would see um, uh, Tom Allen just like. You know, blow up for for a big game, you know. But now we just get none of that, and it's just. So it's just
0: is it schematic, Dave, or is it more mental, or what, what? What are you seeing there that you think?
2: I don't know. Some of it is, is is mental. I think it just feels like they don't have the confidence right now that they had um, early in the season, and you know, some of it is is in the in the fact that they have been bogged down in, in the half court offense. I feel like defenses have done a much better job this year of defending james Palmer jr um with a ball in his hand. He has not been able to penetrate nearly as much this year he doesn't like going to his off off so they've just shut him down and he doesn't get as many drives and that that seems to like just gum up the entire offense. Where last year, if you remember, JPJ would would drive and go to the foul line all game long, or if he'd start to drive, he'd pop out, and the offense just worked, and we just don't have that this year. That's why I, I think if we ran the offense through Roby more, I think that would would potentially free up some of that offensive rhythm again, but he has to stay in the game. He, he, he can't get in those fouls, so...
0: How do you think it's the Big Ten that's making it so much more challenging for us as opposed to the early on in the season where it was, you know, non-conference teams? Is the Big Ten just that much better than our non-conference slate? Um, that's a great question. You know,
2: it it appears, I mean, the Big Ten is really deep, and that can wear on a team, especially one that's not deep itself, right? And we've seen the stat. Out of 353 Division One basketball programs, Nebraska has... Uh, the most minutes out of their starters, or, or 300 out of like their 347th, essentially, yeah, was, yeah, was starting waiting. minutes, right? I mean, they are, are one of the most starter heavy teams from point production in, in the entire country. And that, and when, when you have something like Watson and Palmer go one for 11 from three on a game like this, it was a miracle we were in the game at all.
1: Yeah, I think, boomer to your question, I mean, you can look at a team like Indiana. You know they went through non-conference. They beat Louisville. They had a good record. They were in the top twenty-five. And obviously, depth and and getting into the Big Ten has has affected them probably similarly to the way it has us. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's right now for Nebraska. It's just it's hard to see them getting it turned around. And that's the toughest part because the games are still out there for them to be able to get yep, to that point. Right. Like I said, twelve hours ago, you could go to Bracket Matrix and see us still listed as a team that's in the tournament, not last four in, but in. But we're just not playing that way right now. And so, I mean, unless things get turned around and in an absolute hurry, it's, you know, this is going to go down as a very, very disappointing Nebraska ball season. Yeah, it sure feels that way.
2: But, Honky, I think you're right. I mean, with 10 games to go, if you remember like last year, for example, Oklahoma with with Trey Young had a, a great start to their season, and then they just completely tanked it and barely skipped into the tournament. Um, well, I mean, our last 10 games are pretty much a equivalent to what Oklahoma went through for their last 10. If somehow they this team could find its way again, build up its confidence, and win a few games uh, and turn that corner, it, they could get in. It, it could happen, but it, something's got to change,
0: and it's got to change fast. No doubt. Well, I don't we know never if we should have let Jumbo Steam go. That's what it all comes down to. That's right. I that joked we were right. cursed, but my God, we might well be actually. <laughs> it feels that
2: way a little bit, doesn't it? It is frustrating, no doubt. Uh, all right. Well, we probably didn't make our listeners feel any better about that, but they probably feel about the same way as they us. They appreciate the honesty, I
0: think, Dave. That's that's why they're listeners here. They, that's they like right. What they get
2: out of the the red cast. Yeah. I guess so. <laughs> Uh, all right, guys. Anything else on basketball? All right. Uh, next game, Honk or Boomer? Do you, uh, we're on the
0: road to Illinois? Is that Illinois, right? yes. And Illinois has played some tougher basketball lately, so it's going to be a given win. Have. So if no. You gotta, no, no. If gotta but turn it is an opportunity. Around, you got to win this game and get get a road win and kind of right the ship because there's a few chances left for some wins at PBA if you can figure things out. And, yeah. But
2: ugh. one game at a time at this yeah. point. Yeah, exactly. This time. All right, let's uh, wrap up Nebraska ball and head over to, uh, let's talk about some scarlet-colored glasses.
1: Scarlet-colored glasses.
2: All right, Honk, uh, let's actually open up scarlet-colored glasses by doing some mailbag, hey? Eh?
1: All right. Well, we, uh, not surprising, we had several questions that came in today and they're just all... Uh, circling around the the instance with uh, Athletic Director Moose and what had to end up having to be a joint statement this morning from Chancellor Green, President Bounds, in support of him. Uh, tonight, uh, Athletic Director Moose also came out onto uh, World Herald, drone Star, and, and, you know, spoke his defense. And, and I think it's it's a good question just to kind of ask here is, you know, what role – or, or what role should we be doing as fans with some of these these rumors like this that you almost get the sense there's some people that, are, that they're fans of the, the program, but they're also trying to, like, fan the rumors. They're trying to make it bigger. I mean, this thing blew up so fast last night, and, I mean, it, it got to the point where you were expecting to wake up and you were going to hear some kind of news. And, and it just, honestly, as, as of right now, there's nothing to it. You know, there's everyone's denied it and, and we've got the, the support of our leadership for him. So I mean, Dave, I guess I'll start with you. I mean, what you know, what are your what's your take when something like this just takes off and it's it's a social media driven kind of a Yeah you know, discussion?
2: Like, it's like if if you weren't plugged in for the last twenty four hours and aren't on services like Reddit and, and other forum boards, et cetera. You would have know nothing about this, and it's already passed, and it's we've moved on. But for a short period of time, it was it was like uh, wildfire there, and in an era of fake news, it's just really hard to figure out how something like this can start without any real um, substantial um, uh, proof behind it. Uh, not saying that something didn't happen uh, and Boomer, I guess you you could talk about that a little a little bit more, but you know, Bill Moose emphatically denied there was no merit essentially behind any of the accusations and that it, it just completely false. And then that's backed up by the the president and the Chancellor uh, fully supporting him. Which, if there was something to this, this they could have just been like, "Hey, we're out," you know. Let's fire this guy, and it did not happen at all. They've they've chosen to fully support uh, Bill Moose, and it seems to me like it's a it's a non issue. But how this can take off in such a manner feels like where there's uh, smoke, there's fire, or however that saying works, right, Boomer?
0: Yeah, I, I mean. I know it really kind of came to a head, you know, last night, but, you know, there's been grumblings in the skittier underbellies of the interwebs for, for a little while now with this whole thing. I mean, you know, I, I frequent a few odd places and hear some rumors. And You have finished the Internet, I I heard. have, yeah, several times, so I'm on my third time through it. So, uh, you know, I don't know what to make of this, and we're not in any position to judge this at this point because we're not privy to any, you know, more truth than anyone else is out there. You know, it... it Part of it is just kind of strange, just, you know, it did seem to come to a head yesterday and there were a lot of rumors coming out, Reddit had a big thread on everything that was going on, and the fact that the the Chancellor and the President both felt the need to issue a joint statement on it just seems kind of bizarre. I mean, usually they don't address internet rumors too often, but granted, I think the World Herald actually stepped up and, uh, you know, asked a question because, you know, this was kind of bubbling up and you know whether it's i wouldn't say fans are doing this but if there are questions and things out there that's the job of local media to ask this stuff i know some people are rather critical of the world herald and other other journalists for mentioning things like this or bringing it up but well that's what their role is i mean this stuff is out there and they should be asking these questions because if you just let it you know percolate under the surface and all of a sudden something comes up 6 months down the road or 3 months down the road and everyone's complaining why didn't you say something sooner
2: yeah yeah it's true i i feel yeah. like the world herald and journal star they didn't do
0: anything no, I didn't wrong think so, here, either. and they handled yeah, themselves again, in a professional I don't know manner. What you know, what all you know people are accusing you know other people of doing here and you know boosters they're not always the you know some are trustworthy some are not as well you know can't always believe everything you read on the internet which i believe was a quote from abraham lincoln you know uh, that's right so you know i I don't know what to make of it you know but far be it from us to judge anyone for their extracurricular activities here on the redcast so who knows
2: yeah hockey to maybe lighten it up a little bit um you know, in a hypothetical scenario, could you imagine Bob Devaney in the era
1: of the Internet and, and Twitter? And <laughs> He would not Reddit? survive. I mean, come on. Well, I mean, just, yeah, there's a lot of characters from, from years gone by that oh, would yeah. probably not have done very well in today's, today's era. But I, I thought this situation, if you go back to just this morning, I, I absolutely agree with, with what President Bounds and Chancellor Green did early on because this did take on a life of its own. And from a PR standpoint, I thought it was important that they gave it very brief. They didn't go into detail. They just said, they gave one sentence saying, he's our guy, we support him, he's done a great job, done. I I appreciate the guy actually coming out, uh, Moose coming out and emphatically denying it and and defending himself because you know what? Until there's some kind of proof out there, this is just, this thing's running away with itself. And I guess there's something to me about, you know, we're not, we, we've always said we're not the media, but we are technically kind of a form of media. And we do have a little bit of a pulpit here because we have people that, that follow and listen to us. And we've always said, we're not jumping on rumors. That's just been a thing, whether it's recruiting or this or that, we just, we're not big into doing the rumor thing. And I've always appreciated that about what how we kind of handle it. And this was no different. There's nothing to jump on. You know, people, there's a moment in time, I think where people have to kind of, they've got to wisen up for a second. And with the internet, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Who the heck knows? I mean, when Darth Vader seventy two comes on and says something on some board, you don't have to take it like it's gospel, and you have to you have to take a step back. Sometimes you can realize that there are trolls that can go out there from Iowa and oh, and it's to stir the pot. I mean, my goodness, nothing prevents us from going on some Iowa board and making some claim about their athletic director and saying he's getting fired. I mean,
0: and I would never have done that on a Missouri Tigers message board
1: many years ago. So yeah, no, no, so, no.
0: You know, or claim that Gary Barag.
2: Gave instance an extension just yesterday, or something like that.
1: What, what what drives me crazy is that we're having to spend this time talking about it, that. Our our president and chancellor had to spend time putting yeah. together, crafting that. That our athletic director had to spend time, you know, on an interview defending himself. When really, all we have is just happenstance things that people said. That you know, who knows what's true or what's not. But but I I, I just think that's it's a it's a sad moment there, and, and that this thing can can blow up that fast cuz really just over 24 hours ago there was nothing and then all of a sudden it just it just went like wildfire. So now,
0: now do you think when it does come to, you know, moose and just kind of how he, you know, handles himself as an athletic director, do you think there are things he can do better? I mean, one of the complaints you hear about him all the time is with basketball, men's or women's, that he's really not visible at the games. And in fairness, he's not. I mean, I think back to, you know, 1620 mentioned this, and I think back to it as well. Like, Tom Osborne was visibly at all the games, sitting in the seats. You know, even the women's games, he was sitting there, you know, at the games. So, you know, Moose Moose not being at them, or at least, you know, being in his you know suite or whatever it is, does that kind of feed rumors of weird things going on? I mean, would it be better for him to just, you know, be in the the seats with everybody else, just kind of... I mean, he doesn't have to be there glad-handing or talking to anybody. Just, just, Just
1: make yourself visible. I mean, he he mentioned, you know, as he was defending himself, I think in the Journal Star article that I read, not only was he defending himself against these accusations, but he was also defending kind of the idea that he's not there, that he's not present. He's been to a number of games. He went to a rifle contest last week. You know, he's making his, his way around things. But, yeah, he he does like to watch things from the suites, he said. It's kind of quieter. He can get a good idea of what he's watching. He, he just enjoys it up there more. Now from an optic standpoint does it make sense for him to get down and, and you know shake some hands and and do that with the the students and just people that are around there maybe it does maybe this is a an opportunity for him to see that but he also mentioned that you know just part of what he is he's a kind of he's a good old country boy and he likes to go out there and he'll have a drink and he'll shake hands with people and he, he mentioned being in alliance and being in valentine being in Scottsbluff and being all over the state so it's hard for me to it's not like he's holed up in a corner where no one can see him either i think he's done a lot of media stuff he's been out he's been he's been as up front in, in and out in front as as any ad i think we've had recently and I, you know i just i think that this what we kind of saw here in the last 24 hours i think was was totally unfair i also think that fans start to get so frustrated about something and right now it's basketball we're frustrated that whole first session we just talked about yeah was frustration about basketball and it's amazing how I've seen it happen so many times on social media, on the internet, where people can all of a sudden take an argument about how we're missing a layup, and by the end of it, we're talking about athletic directors doing something wrong. It just it just feeds off, because when one thing's wrong, now everything's wrong. And it's my question that I have about fans. I'm not blaming fans, but there are some fans out there who are never happy. If we're winning games, they, they don't stop to enjoy it. But the second you lose one game, all of a sudden, now everything's wrong. Now there's... The AD and the coach doesn't have a good relationship. Now there's something, you know, and there's something wrong all the time. We saw it all the time under i and the Pelinis and people were picking sides with things. And, and that tired me so much during that time period. And I feel like we should be out of that now. I feel so strong about the, the, the leadership that we have in place within, the, within the, the, the entire university right now. I feel so strong about that that I'm not I just I don't want to jump on these things. I really don't. I'd rather squash him. Because it's not it's not our role to sit there. We've said it from day one of our show. Our show is, is to basically be PR for the for the university. And aside from that, we you know we're fans, so we get frustrated when the team doesn't play well, but we're not here like if we were ever doing something to hurt the program, we wouldn't do it. And it seems like there are fans out there that are just happier if they if they don't like something, if they don't like how Miles is doing it and they think he should go, they'd almost rather see him not succeed and go than see the team succeed and move on. They'd rather be right, and and that the guys second sure. than 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 being wrong and having the team do well. I saw that all the time under Polini. People would hate Polini and oh, I hope we lose the next six games so so he gets fired. Awesome. Yeah, I think we saw that a lot
0: with football. I mean, we saw it with Riley. We saw it with Callahan. We saw it with Polini. Mm-hmm. Hell, we saw it with Solich. To be honest with you, I mean, people wanted him gone at some point. Yeah.
1: Well, and I think
0: I, that's just kind of the modern attitude towards a lot of things people like well, seeing bad things more than they do positive i mean you see it in lots of avenues of life whether it's politics or sports or whatever it happens to be it's just kind of an unfortunate reality with where we're at and i don't think it, the internet helps the situation at all it certainly no, you know feeds I mean, that and for those people get off the internet if you're that angry all the time but you know well, well I, I, no but make sure you listen to the podcast go ahead well, and do listen that. To That's us it's acceptable
1: but, but, well so. it, rem- it seriously go back and listen to our shows a year ago under under riley um I didn't like certain things. I would always say, hey, I want us to run the ball and I want us to, re- to recruit in-state guys. And Riley wasn't doing a very good job of either. But I, uh, I would also say, but by all means, win games. Win- Even though it's not the way I want to see it be done, go out and win every game, Riley. And if you do that, I mean, I- I'll be wrong. I- I'll happily be wrong. Because I all I want to see is this program succeeding. I get frustrated with Miles sometimes. But you know what? Win the next 10 games. Why? Why not? I mean, you know. Yeah. But right. I mean, it, we posted something about that on Twitter today about like, hey, let's see if this te- this team like, we got to get behind them, we got to support them, let's win some games. And the amount of responses that we got from people that were like, are you kidding? Seriously? Do you really think they're going to win games? I don't know. There's ten more. Get better. Practice. Get better. I mean, don't give up. I mean, I don't want to see us go zero oh, and ten. Yeah. That doesn't no, do anything. You know, point, but there, I swear to God, we have followers out there that claim to be Husker fans. At this point, they're so mad. at Miles are so mad at something that they they just lose the rest, then they make changes, and then fire the AD while we're at it. Awesome. <laughs> great idea. Super. That's been great for programs. It's always good to fire and start over from scratch. So, I don't know. I I would just say for the record. I like record, the rant honk. Yeah. That was
2: nice. I really yeah,
1: like just, it. It's yeah. good. I'm yeah, going to to university. About right now. Yeah. I just, the Darth Vader 72s of the world just, Annoy the
0: hell out of me, unless you're a loyal <laughs> podcast listener. Then go ahead, Darth. Keep listening all you want. So
1: yeah,
0: yes. And yes. I will say for the record, I'm not here to necessarily promote the university, but just uh, pre-World War One coaches and uh, random pro wrestlers that went to the university. So that's
1: right. That's right. Well, Boomer, would, we'll give you the pulpit for a second. Would you uh, tell us who are those two people that you're talking about?
0: Well, there's actually multiple people I would promote pre-World War One here at the university. Uh, naturally, uh, Ewald Jumbo Steam, who uh, I think is responsible for the curse we've uh, we've had in uh, big 10 it's sports possible. since I, I i have no other explanation for it uh, uh he was our winningest coach of all time and both in football and basketball so i'd highly recommend we uh find some way to rectify that curse and we can finally uh win some big 10 championships uh walter c bummy booth uh they possibly one of our greatest seasons That's ever, right. undefeated untied unscored upon and uh naturally uh uh, James Baron Von Raschke, who, by God, I have no explanation why he is not in the Cornhusker Athletics Hall of Fame. I'm working on getting an answer from that from administration. So, uh, Moose, if you're listening, um, I'll send you some more information on that and we can talk it over. But uh, that man needs to be in there. There's there's no reason whatsoever. So make sure we induct the Baron, folks. All
1: right, well, thank stuff. you to the, the multiple people that uh, asked us that question about uh, about the athletic director. Our, to, to end the mailbag on a lighter note, our second question uh, comes from co-worker Eric. He's uh, mailbagged us several times. And uh, he said, my 25th birthday is coming up next month, and I need suggestions on how to celebrate my quarter-life crisis. According to the Redcast, what is the perfect way to spend an afternoon evening to celebrate the birthday? Boomer, how about you on this? Well...
0: Um our solution mm-hmm. to a midlife crisis has been to start a podcast. So there's always that, Eric. <laughs> you know, we can certainly bring you on on that. Maybe we can work something out one of these days as a guest speaker. Not about know. a Husker
2: sports though. We have enough competition. Yeah,
0: yeah. Find something else. There's all sorts of good stuff out there. bound to be something you're interested in. You know, scrimshaw or knitting or something. bound to be out <laughs> there. Maybe, maybe a movies podcast. I don't know. Uh gosh, I, I don't know what do you guys do in your off hours, Eric, to, to alleviate the boredom of suburbia. This isn't
2: in, in particular about celebrating a birthday oh yeah and a significant yeah. one right in, a, so,
0: a landmark birthday is what he's saying okay right yeah. right uh, maybe i can quote the you know the great scholar Bluto bluterski is you know our advice he used to start drinking heavily I
1: mean,
0: <laughs> that's always an option
2: you know i i would just say not don't really celebrate your quarter life uh you know birthday because that implies that you're one fourth of the way through i mean you don't know how long you you're gonna live. You, you could live hundreds of years. Maybe some breakthrough in science extends our lives.
1: You know? So it's yeah, you can, and You could be, be dead at thirty two. I mean come That's on right. we're way past it at that point. So, so there's your lighter right.
0: note, everybody,
2: right? Drop <laughs> dead at I, any I go moment. on the positive side, Honk. He's like, Yeah, and you could be dead already. Thanks, Honk.
1: Appreciate it. Well, yeah. You know, I mean, me personally I you know, I like to I don't know, pour myself a little wine, have a bubble bath, watch some ninety five Orange Bowl, and you know, just a little me time. I think that's
0: yeah, that's okay. Yeah,
1: I like that. I like that.
0: You can yeah, you know, right
1: I'm still
2: celebrate it with you know friends and family, right? You know, I mean, it's the people that actually are around that makes uh, every day and year worth you know uh, living in. So just celebrate it with the people you want to celebrate it with, and you know, that's every day, right? It shouldn't have to be your birthday, right? So I, I would always focus
1: on that
0: hockey what about something like your aura day is that something you would suggest to people how does that
1: work yeah yeah aura day is a very special day for us Uh, mac and i have been sharing aura day together for uh, almost about a decade and a half now and that's the day for people that don't know that's the day before the uh, opening kickoff which is usually at home so the opening kickoff of the, the husker football season that friday beforehand we go down down to the stadium, Mac and I do, and we walk around the stadium. We just kind of suck in the, the aura that is Husker football. We'll go to a bar and have a beer with a opponent's fan that comes down. And it's just a lot of fun, and it's kind of grown into an entire weekend now. So on Thursday night is Aura Eve, and we're watching football, and then Aura Day is, is Friday. And uh, we even have like a, there's a mascot, the Aura Bunny, that uh, jumps around and goes from house to house. And if you have a Husker flag <laughs> out front, it – it'll leave you like a piece of candy, but if you have like a Texas flag, it'll leave something else in your yard. So anyways, that's kind of the, that's the sense of what uh, aura, aura weekend's become. It's a holiday in the honky wou- household.
2: All right. So what we're telling to coworker Eric is to go ahead and let an imaginary bunny uh, poop on your <laughs> Texas neighbor's yard, I guess. I'm not quite for
1: certain. Is, is that the moral of the story? I think that's, that sums everything up, perfect for tonight, perfect. Dave. That's, Excellent. That, that's <laughs> our that's advice, like, really, yeah. About yeah. Eric. That's our entire show right there in one sentence tonight. I mean, the yeah. bunny yeah. pooped all over it. So, <laughs> welcome right. to the Redcast, good stuff, guys. Uh, well, that's the mailbag. Uh, thank you guys for for submitting your questions. Uh, again, we're at GoBig Redcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and of course, you can always. Contact us at GoBigRedCast at gmail.com. The Recruiting Pipeline. All right, fellas, let's talk a little Nebraska recruiting.
2: And it's now been a little while. I believe that was uh, on January 19th, so about 10 days or so, we uh, got a commitment from Nola Nolapola Gates, uh, one of our top uh, targets here in the, uh, in the 2019 recruiting season. He uh, announced the Polynesian Bowl, which was uh, very late uh, on that Saturday night, and uh, he had actually signed a month earlier, which is really interesting, and it sounds like you know Arizona State and a few others were a little bit um, off-put by him not actually going public with that, but he had actually signed with the Huskers way back on December 19th. Honky, what do you think about... Uh, Noah Pola Gates and uh, his addition to the class.
1: Well, uh, obviously, I, I'm happy to see that happen, and I think it's it's great that um, he had committed back in December and and actually signed back then, and and he wanted to wait until the Polynesian Bowl to 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 say it out loud, and our staff obliged with that, so nothing got leaked from here, and um, that's I think that's a, a credit to our coaches. It sounds like there were some coaches at Arizona State that. Uh, weren't so kind to, to him publicly, and, and that's a, that's kind of a shame there. But anyways, I, I like the fact that we, we've got him now into the fold. We needed that extra defensive back. Uh, we have a couple more positions now still that we're looking at, uh, outside linebacker and receiver. And There are some players at Stephen Parker, the outside linebacker, 6'4", 225. Uh, Demarian Houston, I think they nicknamed him Hollywood. Hollywood. Yeah, Hollywood Houston. That's right. Smaller uh, wide receiver, not the not the big six five guy that we were looking at with Nujoku, but uh, Houston six feet one sixty five. So there's still a couple more players to try to get in uh, by next Wednesday's uh, signing signing date. But I don't think that we're going to have a lot more than that. Really, I think three right. is what um, I heard um, might be we the max. Are at twenty
2: six right now? Is that correct?
1: I think it's twenty six. With one of those being Bland, who is the Duco offensive lineman, who still hasn't actually signed. So he's committed still, but hasn't signed. And that could go, that could run as late as the the summer, honestly,
2: for him. So we have at least three more. If we want to hold one more back, let's say for a grad transfer, for example, Mm -hmm. we could have three more uh, here on next Wednesday, which could be a wide receiver. The outside linebacker and maybe a either D line or
1: or secondary position guy, I would guess. Correct. Yep. I think I do think overall, though, that the the staff is pretty happy at this point with what they have. I mean, this is a uh, it's a good class. It meets a lot of the needs of what they were looking for, and so it's so nice to have that, that early December signing period for them, to where these guys are just signed, they're committed. It's it's done, and now they can really just focus on just trying to get the last two or three guys into this class, get them secured. I thought one thing, though, is I was watching the Nolapola-Gates announcement and it just kind of came over me that, you know, that he was there in Hawaii and they were they're playing the game and somebody, the, the whoever the uh, announcer was that was, you know, asking him, you know, where is he going to go? That guy's like, oh, wow, it's really cold in Nebraska. Really cool Do you know it's really cold in Nebraska? Like, it, it was almost <laughs> like he was, you know, trying to, like, talk him out of it. And... It got me thinking about some of the, the myths of Nebraska recruiting that we heard all too much just a couple years ago, pre-frost. Things like warm-weather kids, they won't come to NU anymore. How about no kid will turn down you know, scholarship money to walk on? You'll never yep, see that anymore. Right. Well, this is the second class. Last year, I think we had 20. This year, they're looking at 25 walk-ons. Nebraska just doesn't have in-state talent anymore. Boy, we heard that a lot. We just got five kids in this class that are in-state dudes that are all the top five, all scholarship, all and here. Going
2: forward, we have a couple of, you know, recruits. I don't know if we have five again, but I mean the top guy, that's Xavier Bets, is that right? Yeah, Betts. is like, I mean, Rivals has him as a top top fifty recruit. He's big time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, that's that's uh, definitely talent in-state.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a challenge to to keep in-state kids because they're being recruited by other schools. You know, that same thing that happened this year with Hickman and Heinrich. Those guys are being recruited by schools all over the place, but but the importance to keep them and the fact that you also have to identify some guys sometimes. It's more than just picking the one kid that, you know, rivals or some other, you know, uh, recruiting service is labeled a three or four star. Sometimes you go out and you have to identify that kid. And you can do that a number of ways. Frost going out a couple weeks ago to Columbus and going to Scotas and Columbus High and Lakeview, we talked about that. The significance of that isn't that they got a four star this year from there, but they're starting to learn already who that freshman is, who that sophomore is. They're building relationships with those coaches so that when that ninth grader comes to a summer camp this year, now they, they get to see him, right? And another year goes by and as they're here year by year, that's happening with every single school across the state, with all these different coaching staffs across the state. We're gonna to go to that coach's clinic in the spring and it's another chance to get everyone together with the with the staff. And you do that repetitively year after year after year. We're gonna you almost don't even have to recruit anymore in state. You just know who these kids are. They just they've come to your camp so many times and and they're gonna to want to be here. They're gonna to want to come here and plus we, we expect to see some really good results on the field. It's that's what Nebraska of old was. And then what you do is you take, you take that as your base, and then you go out and get the Noah gates, and you shock the world that some, some kid from Arizona will want to come up to Nebraska where yes, it is seven degrees today, but you know (laughs) what, they they can look past that. Um, Javen Wright, you know, a kid from Arizona, his dad Toby, uh, prior to Frost being here, Toby wouldn't have advised uh, him to come here. That was was in the article I read about a week ago. You know that's the difference that frost has made frost and staff um nebraska i mean it from that perspective this feels a lot like what we would have been doing 20 or 25 years ago this class looks a lot like one from 20 or 25 years ago and you know now we just got to get them here develop the heck out of them and hopefully the success comes
2: you know I, i we're adding a couple of potentially great nicknames right we have buddha right (laughs) <laughs> and then, if we get this, uh, the wide receiver, it'd be Hollywood Houston. That's pretty good. Hollywood Houston and Buddha Wright? Those, I, are, those are good names. I sign like me that. up, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's very cold in Nebraska right now, but Boomer, you uh, humored me a little bit during the Polynesian Bowl and uh, created a great cocktail. Uh, the Scarlet Serpent, is that right?
0: Yeah, that's correct, Dave. I. Do. You're a fan of tiki cocktails. I am not, so I had to throw something together at the last minute because I'm here looking out for you, Dave. That's yeah, what, that's what I I'm appreciate you. So, thought I'd throw something together there at the last minute to kind of just have a little mid-season, you know, redcast on the rocks segment for us there for in honor of the Polynesian Bowl. So,
2: yeah, I would love it if anybody who listens to the redcast is going, you know, either to Hawaii or Mexico or the Caribbean uh, this uh, this winter to go ahead and belly up to the the poolside bar and ask for a scarlet serpent. And if they can't make it, you know, show them the red cast, uh, um, you know, mixologist's ingredients, and I'm sure they can mix one up for you.
0: Yeah, but you do have to ask for the uh, specially curved uh, uh, snake uh, orange peel. That just ties the whole thing together. <laughs> so without that, it's just not the same. That's right. That's
2: right. Uh, all right good stuff so uh hockey just to recap this just a little bit uh next wednesday february 6th is the official signing day where the class will be official Uh, right now on rivals we are 14th in the country is that right uh that's correct so even if we slide back a little bit because i'm sure there's a few other teams that might potentially be uh adding a few recruits as well as us i mean we're Definitely going to be inside the top 20, and it could be a, a top 15 class for rivals, which is something we haven't seen in a while. Uh, the recruit out there should be very happy. Yes, they should. And you should be very happy because we got that ranking with five in-state kids yep, and absolutely. a lot of kids from the 500-mile radius, right? Yep, absolutely. It, it, the, yeah, good stuff. All right, guys. Uh, anything else on Husker football recruiting? Nothing this week. Let's wrap this up with some parting shots, Honky.
1: Well, I was uh, very pleased to hear and, and thankful to hear in Youngstown that uh, Carl Polini is now the coach in waiting. Uh, took the uh, job in Youngstown. He was at Bowling Green prior to that, and uh, you know, I don't know, Boomer, just got me thinking a little bit about you know him going to to, to Youngstown, coach in waiting. I mean, what does that tell us about Bo right now?
0: Well, I, I think what we're looking at is Bo's laying some groundwork. I mean, the the Nebraska checks dry up uh, in about a month or so here, so I, I I sort of suspect he's got something else lined up where there's another coaching job. or I'd really kind of like to envision him uh, taking over for the sweater vest as a uh, Youngstown State's athletic <laughs> director. I mean, I, I think we could just imagine how much fun that would be, Bo Plini on you know, like a weekly call-in show or something like that.
1: Yeah, but, you know, just taking calls from the average fan. You know, oh Boomer, yeah, Boomer. Yeah. Could you imagine someone ta- you know calling him about like a hot dog or something? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Your hot dog's too cold. Yeah, let me show you how to warm up a hot dog. <laughs> Beep. Yeah, I mean, come on. That that's just that's
0: you know ratings gold right there, people. So Youngstown State, make that happen. I mean, come on. If you want to yeah, put someone in charge of your athletic department, that's your man. So. Why do you need to be a coach and waiting? Bo is like, I don't know,
2: fifty maybe.
0: Uh, That's why I suspect something's, yeah, he's got something else lined up. So. Yeah, yeah. Interesting.
2: All right, uh, Boomer, you have anything in particular on top of that?
0: Uh, you know, not especially. You know, we covered some of the stuff I wanted to mention earlier. Uh, I will say, um, you know, for those of you that are throwing in the towel on uh, basketball season, that uh, baseball is right around the corner. So uh, it's just a couple of weeks till we start playing games. Yes. And, um, I show, I hope, should be live before uh, Friday, February 1st, but we are having the uh, baseball uh, gathering down at, uh, you know, at uh, uh, University, so, yep, so uh, not at Haymarket Park, it's indoors because it's going to oh, be a little okay. cold, so, sure, uh, sure. yeah, first thousand people get free hot dogs and stuff, so apparently Moose, you know, likes hot dogs, so you might get lucky and see him there, so, uh, yeah, please step out and let's uh, see what they can do baseball-wise this season, so.
1: And it should be good weather this weekend. It's supposed to be 40s and 50s Friday through Sunday, so...
0: Well, yeah, it's got to be better than this cryogenic freezing temperature
1: we're currently in, so... (laughs) The big thaw. Excellent. Freaking freezing out there. (laughs) look what they've done to Mr. Bigglesworth. I mean, my God. (laughs) That's right.
2: All right, guys, good stuff. Uh, I think we did a fair job in a relatively light week of positive Husker news. So hopefully next week we have even happier your thoughts uh, running through basketball and the administration and everything else. All right, boys, let's call that a go big red cast. Be doing boy.